Welcome to the podcast version of 32 Bar Cut, the show. A series for performers, about performers, made by performers. Every week, we give audition advice, share personal experiences, and sit down with fellow colleagues in the performing arts to chat about their life in the industry. If you are hearing this message, you are not currently a subscriber and will only be hearing the first half of the podcast. If you would like to hear the full interview, including the Curtain Call series, you'll want to head over to 32barcup.com, where you can find a link to our Patreon page. There you will have exclusive access to the entire video and private RSS podcast feed, as well as other subscriber-only content. Thanks for listening. Without further ado, on to the show. She served us strawberries on stage, and now she is serving up strawberries on her finger-licking alkaline. Welcome to the show, Andrea Jones-Sajola. Hey, Andrea! That's too Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. So Andrea and I have met each other in different ways over the past, I want to say three years. So I was her reader in Carmen Jones, but I had already seen her in... Oh my gosh, I had already seen you in something. I forgot my thought. So anyway, scratch that. I was her reader in the Carmen Jones auditions, which she booked because she slayed and she's wonderful and amazing. And John fell in love with her immediately. And, um, and then shortly after that, we found out that we had a lot of mutual friends. And so I was following Andrea on Instagram and she put up this post about being um, alkaline and that she wanted to show other people how to be alkaline. And so I joined her group and last summer when all of this craziness was going down, we were meeting every Saturday for four weeks to talk about living the alkaline lifestyle. So I'm so excited to sit down and chat with you today. We're gonna be chatting about classical music, Porgy and Bess, Carmen Jones, and also alkaline diet. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Adrian. I'm so glad to be here. This is so fun. I've been watching your show, watching your episodes, and you are a light. You are you are the light that the industry needs right now. So I'm really glad that you decided to do this program and, and extra excited that you thought of me to even come on your show. So I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. I had to have you on the list because, um, first of all, because of your your demeanor and your spirit and your warmth. You're so welcoming and kind and professional. And also because you you come from a classical background and we share that. And I think it's so important to talk about th- that transition and what it looks like and um, how you can still, do, maybe you can still do both. I, I, you know, so I want, I want our listeners and viewers to see that side of it as well. As Absolutely. also how you've changed your life. You've changed your life and, and that's important to talk about too. Okay. So first off, I ask everyone this and I know how loaded it is, but Uh how are you? (laughs) I am fabulous. I'm great. I, I am, I'm really happy. I'm crazy like everybody else as well. (laughs) I, I claim that part too, but, um, you know, I feel like when this pandemic happened, it got very dark. As we all know, it got dark. Um, you know, on Broadway, it was dark, but then it was kind of dark in the world because we were dealing with a lot uh, socially and with 
Black Lives Matter and politically there was a lot of things going on and it felt like somebody just put a big gigantic blanket over the earth and it was like, where is the light? Where is the light? Um, but in that, you know, I feel like people decided to just lift the blanket off and, and see where they could dibble and dabble uh, and create. And I'm actually just really excited that I've been watching friends and family members and even people that I don't know um, open their minds up and find out the things that they're good at that they didn't know that they were good at. So that's been really exciting. And I kind of jumped on that bandwagon, too, over the course of this last year. So it's been exciting in that way. And I'm also happy because I actually enjoy being home. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy being home. And this is the first time, uh, this year was the first time in four years that I had been able to actually be home with my husband. My husband, uh, Pumzile Sojo, also known as Puma, uh, some of your uh, your watcher, your viewers uh, might know Puma. He was on tour for four years in Phantom of the Opera. So he's been away mm -hmm. and his show closed right before the pandemic ended. So I had been like solo parenting for four years. <laughs> uh, so that was interesting. So actually it's been really nice to have him home this year. So I'm very appreciative. So I I'm really, I'm grateful. That is the short answer to the very long answer uh, and question that you just gave me. I'm grateful. Grateful is the word, right? I feel like this past year has taught me so much about gratefulness and appreciating our loved ones and, and, and spending time and what that feels like because uh, Austin and I have a similar story, not as drastic as yours with four years on tour, but since we've been together the past 10 years, we have one of us has been on tour or one of us hasn't been or, you know, and we just haven't spent a lot of time together. Um, and so this year we're eating dinner together, you know, and we are like, who knew you could eat dinner with your That's spouse? Amazing. I didn't know Austin was a performer. I didn't know that. Austin is a performer as well as a music director and composer. And so he gets called away to do different things and has gotten called away to do different things since within our first three months of dating, I think we've been doing on and off uh, long distance. So, wow. Yeah. So now, it's, yeah, that's new eating dinner. Yeah. <laughs> but fun, right? Isn't that fun? Though? It is fun. We take turns on who's going to cook and, uh, um, Austin is now vegan with me, so that's exciting. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I never would have thought that would happen because I come from barbecue, but it's it's great. Yeah. Well. Yeah, he's got that that uh, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, you know, barbecue. You know, open yes. up the grill. I know you know. Being from Kentucky, I know you're you like know. yeah, but um. We, we're definitely going to talk about that in the curtain call because yeah. I know that you have figured out ways to make it work. You've figured out ways to still enjoy your food um, mm -hmm. and live a healthy lifestyle. Absolutely. Uh, so you, so we know each other, like I said in the beginning, for different reasons. But yeah. it, I think it's always cool when I come across a classically trained singer in this business because I just feel like there's this kinship there, this knowledge <laughs> of, well, how are you navigating musical theater? <laughs> like, you know, how are those dance calls going for you? How is, nope. you know, <laughs> how's that eight show week going? You know, Ooh, baby, <laughs> it's just a different lifestyle. So, yeah. what was that like for you um, transitioning into this business? Wow, uh, that's an interesting question because it, it took 
um, a while. Because honestly, I, I went to school, obviously, for classical music. So I did my first degree um, at Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. So uh, when I graduated, I was only one of two music students who graduated that year. So it was a very tiny program. Um, and it was it was actually Lincoln is the uh, country's first black college, first black university. Um, so that was interesting, like studying music from that point of view. And then I went to grad school in Colorado for a year studying classically in uh, an all white program, which was really interesting um, to study it from that point of view. And then from there, I went to the University of Kentucky and studied um, under a wonderful, wonderful teacher and mentor. And then, but that's like a liberal arts school, but I was, you know, within the music program, still studying classical music. And then went to uh, University of Cincinnati, CCM, um, where I studied opera. And so there was no academics. It was just like performing and studying like the art of performing classical music. So that was really interesting and kind of kind of varied within the classical realm. Uh, but after that, I did outreach, you know, opera outreach for a couple of years and worked with a couple of opera companies that I was familiar with, you know, in the region. And but something kind of was always in me that I wanted to transition out of that. Like I didn't grow up wanting to be a classical singer at all. I wanted to do like country music because I'm from Kentucky. So I was, you know, like Loretta Lynn fan <laughs> and I used to love, you know, Dolly Parton and all those. I don't know. I was just like stuck on that. Once you watch Coal Miner's Daughter, like everyone wants to be a country singer. Um, so, <laughs> but anyway, I, I didn't grow up with classical music, but then I found out that um, my voice lent itself to that style of music, but I still kind of had an affinity for other types of music and as well as like, you know, television and film, you know, every kid kind of has that, that dream. Mm -hmm. But when I moved to the East coast, I really came out here to do the transition. I didn't come out here in hopes of being like a big uh, opera star for some mm -hmm. reason. I, I, I mentally and emotionally, I get kind of shifted away. And so I, I didn't know what I was doing. I would just go to these big open calls and see all these girls who looked like they knew what they were doing. So I would try to kind of act like I knew what I was doing, even though I didn't. And nothing ever really came of it. And then um, my husband was a part of Three Mo Tenors mm -hmm. uh, of that, of that uh, entity. And they had a sister group called Three Mo Divas. So I uh, booked that and worked with them for a couple of years. And I got exposed to different styles of music. And at the time I was working uh, with Vivian Reed, who was a you know big Broadway uh, icon and she kind of really helped change my uh, my mindset and really encouraged me, you know, to just kind of kind of go for it. Uh, it just so happened that I was supposed to do a gig with um, that company out out west, and I got randomly a call to come in for a vacation swing for the Phantom of the Opera. And so, and mind you, I didn't have like any representation or anything. I, I have no idea how they, how they even like knew who I was, but the, the, uh, they wanted me to come in for that at the same time I was supposed to have been out West doing this other show. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that this could be my chance to be on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> so I gave up that gig 
that I was going to be making a lot of money doing oh, out man. west. I just gave it up because I said I I want to do this audition. And th- there was another um, young lady that I knew that had also been a part of sh- the show, but wasn't going out to the west. And I said, Hey, do you want to take that gig? Because I I don't think I'm going to do it. Do you want to do it? She said, Yeah, I'll do it. So she took my place, and I did this fan of the opera audition, and never heard from them. Oh my god. <laughs> <I didn't- laughs> So I gave up like all the blue was going to be like the most money I had ever made, uh, you know, like performing. Mm-hmm. I gave it all up for an audition that I did not book. But that's OK, because I have seen episodes of 32 Bar Cut and I know that you have experienced the same thing. Yes. <laughs> so but it was OK. But I realized like it wasn't it wasn't for me. I knew that I wasn't supposed to be out there that summer. And and like, I hadn't signed my contract. Like I had verbally committed, but I hadn't signed my contract. And I remember specifically, like my contract had like chicken grease on it. I don't know how it got chicken grease on it. <laughs> I think I was just being like careless with, with paperwork and everything. And I thought, gosh, I didn't even like treat the contract like it was this sacred thing. So I clearly see. like my heart um, was meant to stay. Uh, in the New York area that summer. Well, that that summer, I again got a random call to come in and audition for um, for Showboat that was going to be at Carnegie Hall. It was going to be a benefit at Carnegie mm-hmm. Hall. And I went in and uh, sang for a very well-known conductor. And I remember at the end of it, he said, I'll be seeing you very soon. And I was like, oh my God, what does that mean? What does that mean? And, <laughs> And so I got to do this showboat at Carnegie Hall. So that was my Carnegie Hall debut. And it was with all of these Broadway people. And it was, which was funny though, it was Broadway people, but also Marilyn Horn was in the show. Oh my God. So it was like Broadway and opera people. Yeah. Which was like, that's, that's my world. Yeah. That's my world. And so it was really, really fun to get to know all these Broadway people that I, ended up working with you know like down the line but i just was kind of honored to be there i'm like y'all let me be in the show (laughs) (laughs) but but speaking about transition so i remember being in uh, rehearsal and there were uh two girls uh golly i remember they were sitting on both sides of me and both of them said can you sing into my tape and for me that was new for like people to bring tapes to rehearsal and like and tape things yes. because they were learning by rote yes you know yes. so like in, in classical music like you get in the practice room you bang out the notes you put it in your head you coach it a million times and then like and you know you go to your voice teacher and you, you're getting it in your body like in a different way than in musical theater so that was new to me so like my classical training helped these young ladies who are like have been on Broadway since like they were already on Broadway and there's there, I mean with the exception of the pandemic like they were still on Broadway you probably actually know who they are um so I was like okay this is a new world like this is this is how it works but that was that experience and from there I realized that like I think this is going to be where I stay I'm going to stay in this world cuz I'm enjoying it I enjoy the feeling I enjoy the um the familial part of it mm-hmm. and it just felt it felt kind of like home in a weird way, not in a way that like people who can belt and stuff, like I don't feel at home like them, (laughs) but I had to find out what my niche was. Mm -hmm. Um, And from that point on, I kind of investigated and I figured out, okay, I'm what they call 
uh, legit. I didn't even know, like, if someone would have said legit to me, like, you know, a long time ago, I would have been like, of course I'm legit. Like, aren't we all legit? What do you mean legit? You know, <laughs> I didn't understand exactly what that meant, but that's what kind of singer I am. And I've been able to make a career out of being the girl they hire who can pop out the, the high notes that I learned how to do being classically trained. So that's kind of how it's it's helped me transition. But I have to say, I, I enjoy it. I do. I enjoy this world. It's a lot of fun. And I really like the people. I can identify with that so much. I remember my first rehearsal. Um, it was in uh, Hyde Park at Court Theater in Chicago. And I was doing Porgy and Bess. And that was my transition show. So it's interesting, you know, Showboat was your transition show. Porgy and Bess was mine. And... Uh, I remember that first rehearsal. I had been emailing the music director. Can you please tell me what voice part you would like for me to be on so that I can learn th this, you know, my track and everything. I don't even think I said track because that's a totally a musical theater. Right. Uh, right. Phrase, yeah, term. <laughs> but um, he said, oh, Adrian, you'll find that musical theater is very different from the opera world. And I was like, okay. And sure enough, first day of rehearsal, I was like, oh, so y'all are teaching parts. Okay, <laughs> you know, like, all right, what? this is gonna, I'm fine, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I, be, I'm gonna be good. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be, be so good. Like, yeah, so, yeah. uh, that's not really why I stayed. I think, like, how you said, it felt like a family. And I think, you know, I went to Spelman, so I understand that starting up in a program that is all black. Uh, and our program wasn't as funded as it should be. So we weren't really getting all the attention we needed. Yeah, same, same yeah. here. You yeah. If you had two music graduates, then I, yeah. So I, 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 I ha if I'm being honest, I got to grad school and I had a lot of catching up to do. And that was a new program. And I still felt like they didn't really take care of us how they should have either. And did you go to school in Chicago for graduate? I did. I did. Oh, okay. I went to Roosevelt at CC CCPA. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I had the drive. I had the passion. I had the spirit. I had everything I needed, but just everything seemed like it was missing. So finally, I felt good about singing and I hadn't in a few years. I felt yeah. really good when I was at Spelman. I, I, when I left Spelman, I was like, hey, you know, um, but something well, about- Well, you guys have some good singers coming yeah. out of Spelman. I mean, Well, I you know, know them, you know them, yeah. Yeah, I know them. And they sing down. Below. Yeah, they do, <laughs> yep. really and truly. And um, so coming from that legacy of singers, I felt very good until I got to Roosevelt and I, 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 I didn't feel great anymore. So it took some time for me to start believing in myself again. And Porgy and Bess was the start of that, of feeling like, oh, I am capable again, you know? Yes. But um, so yeah, that's why I stuck around. It's interesting how it's a gig that that gets you there. Even though you had the foresight, like you were like, no, 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 I want, I want to make my Broadway debut. That sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, also too, it's like, there's a certain, there's a certain air that you know opera has and that, that's just what it is that's the culture of it and i knew that that wasn't me mm. it wasn't me and it never has been me it's my it's my voice like my voice can do that my voice does do that but the the extra the extra coat you have to kind of put on mm -hmm. for that like wasn't me and and you have to have a certain drive to want to you know kind of 
I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how to articulate it, but there's, it's, it's just, it's two different worlds. There obviously is some crossover, which is, which is fabulous, but the, you know, walking into an audition for Broadway is very different than walking into an audition for opera. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Even if you're going, you're going in for the chorus uh, of, a, yeah. of an opera house, it is, yeah. it is, it's very different. And I, I can agree with you. I, it just wasn't me. And I didn't, I was like, why am I so uncomfortable? And I don't yeah. want to be uncomfortable. I, and now I feel very comfortable walking mm -hmm. in auditions. However, the transition, maybe not so comfortable. <laughs> but once yeah. I got the hang of it, I thought, oh, this isn't as stuffy as I thought it needed to be. I thought I needed to wear a dress to every audition, heels <laughs> to every audition. You <laughs> Girl, oh my God. You know, even when I go into like filming TV and I just walk in in some bootleg jeans. Yeah. And, oh, you can half do your hair and you're like, hi, I'm here. Yeah. Boom. Uh, because they want you. They don't want, they don't want um, uh, a caricature of yourself. Mm -hmm. They like actually want you. And mm -hmm. I felt like that's the difference. Like I never wanted to pretend to be something that I'm not, because some people really are like, you know, like that. They're very grand and mm -hmm. that's just, that's who they are. And they fit very well in that world um and and it's not so much like that anymore there's lots of you know unique um works happening now as we speak unique things being being written which is fabulous i'm, I'm happy about that um but at the time when i was coming up it was uh it was an extra thing that i didn't see myself uh fitting into mm -hmm. so yeah but I, but I respect it i i respect it because you know singing classical music is no easy feat absolutely it not. isn't it's a it's a tough thing it's really it's very very challenging but i also found you know being in music theater the focus is just different you know you don't focus on how beautiful you sound yeah you can't you cannot focus on like how lovely your your tone is you have to focus on that in opera or people will you know throw tomatoes at you mm -hmm. but here it's just it's it's a different it's a different feel. It's like, I have to focus on making sure that you understand what I'm saying yes. and you understand um, the, the through line, you understand this, the story. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I like that part of it. Yeah. Like Tell the story. Yeah. Tell the story. Tell the story. Mm -hmm. So black girl from Kentucky, why classical music? How'd that happen? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I grew up, you know, like most, like, like anybody black, not anybody, black, but most of black folks, you know, you're going to grow up in church and you're going to grow yeah. up like, yeah. you know, singing with the little kids choir. And then you grow up, you know, and you sing with the big people's choir and then your throat <laughs> starts hurting. Because <laughs> you're belting. I know they put you a soprano too. Um, I actually was an, I actually was an alto. And then for a time I sang tenor. You oh, know, you know how it is. I know how it is because you grow up in these black churches and they're like, well, if you can harmonize, if you've got a good ear, they will put you on what part is needed. Yep. I was yep. never able to hold down the tenor. You could probably hear <laughs> from my speaking voice. I was never able to hold down the tenor. But <laughs> but if they wanted me on alto, I was like, okay, I got that. Because alto is fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. they it have is. the fun it part. Is. That's that's exactly what I did. And I and I wasn't very good at it. I mean, to be honest with you, like I wasn't the best. I have a, an older sister. Um, I, well, I have two older sisters. Two older sisters. One, um, she she sings and like composes gospel music, and the other one um, writes and uh, performs. She's a gospel recording artist and has CDs and everything, and she's Amazing. very good. And um, uh, I 
was not that. Like I, I, was, I wasn't great. I did it and I tried. I tried my best, but um, but it's not about that. You know, when you're in church, you just you just kind of like sing for the glory of God, and you know, if people people enjoy it, they enjoy it. So that's that's what I was there for. Um, but in high school, you know, you also sing. Um, in high school, you're singing in lots of choirs and things mm-hmm. like that. So I uh, traveled with a. Um, an award-winning choir in high school, international, you know, award-winning choir, which was wonderful. And so then when I went to college, I only expected to go to my undergrad for a year. Mm -hmm. And I told my voice teacher, who also was a black woman, I told her, I'm only staying here for a year. I wanted to get the black experience in college like my parents, because my parents went to Tennessee State. And I said, I'm only staying here a year so I could get the, you know, black college experience. And then I'm leaving. I'm going to go to CCM. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my teacher was like, Oh no, you're not. Oh wow, dang! Yeah, because I, I said I'm going to CCM. I'm gonna do music theater. She says, "Oh no, you're not. You're going to stay right here. You're going to learn how to sing, and then you can sing whatever you want to." Mm. And I remember being gagged because she said it in front of this girl. There was another girl coming in for her voice lesson who was, um, she was uh, Miss Lincoln. She was the person, oh, you know, like the yeah. the queen or whatever. The, what homecoming they homecoming queen. Yeah, yeah, she was like Miss Lincoln, like when you used to, used to open up the um, the Ebony magazine, like in the '90s, and they had all like yes. the college black the black college <laughs> queens. She was Miss Lincoln, and she was in my lesson with me. And I remember being so embarrassed that like my voice teacher had worked me in front of this senior, uh, you know, telling me off. Oh, she said, "You're gonna stay right here. You're not going anywhere." And she said, "Then you can sing what you want." So I was like, "Okay." So <laughs> so I stayed. I stayed there for all four years. Um, and learned, you know, I, I honestly, like all I did, she basically gave me everything she ever sang and she had been a mezzo soprano. And so she, she just gave me everything she ever sang, but she sang like a really wide range of music. So I was singing lots of inappropriate material for, for, for your age. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't matter, like whatever. <laughs> um, and so then I just kind of, I, I stuck with it and mm-hmm. I did, you know, the little summer programs here and there, which were all great. And I got to meet even more classically trained singers. And I went to um, Chautauqua Institute of, of Music and, and everybody there was either from Juilliard, Curtis Institute of Music or Manhattan School of Music. And I, they were all my friends and buddies. And so then I said, okay, I think I, w- I want to go to one of these conservatories uh, to study. But I remember one of the guys in the program said to me, he was, he, was a, he was a peer. He wasn't a voice teacher or a coach. But he said to me, you know, you really are talented, but you have no technique. And I didn't know what the word technique meant. Mm. I was like, really? What is that? <laughs> well, they didn't have Google back then. You couldn't Google what it's right. like. Um, I was like, really, what is that? And he says, you don't know what you're doing. And I said, but I've, you know, I've been in school all these four years. And he was like, yeah, but you, you, you got to learn how to sing. You have to learn how to, um, get your instrument to a point where you can really depend on it. And I said, oh, okay. So at that point I thought, I'm just going to stick with this, this classical music thing. I had really forgotten about music theater and I thought I'm gonna be I'm gonna be an opera singer everybody says if you're gonna be an opera singer you gotta go sing at the Met if you really want to say that you are a real opera singer that's yeah. where you get your street cred yeah and so I was just kind of working towards that I would do vocal competitions and you know win some of those and um and so I just I just stuck with it and then when I went to University of Kentucky I had a wonderful wonderful voice teacher there and that's where I honed 
my technique. And so I'm grateful that it was there that I learned how to sing. And so now I know under any condition, I can sing. Like if I haven't had sleep, I'll still be able to sing. If you know I'm not well, I'll be able to sing. I can do eight shows a week because of that training. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't know if I hadn't had that training, you know, by that by that Wednesday matinee, I'd be like, <laughs> but but I can do it because of. So I'm grateful. S- sometimes, to be honest with you, Adrian, there were there were times where I thought, did I waste uh, a lot of my life <laughs> learning how to sing? <laughs> classical music. I was kind of upset because, you know, I did four years of undergrad. I did a year of grad school in Colorado. I did three years um, in my master's and I did two years in the artist diploma program. Mm -hmm. So that's 10 years. That's how long a doctor goes to school, a medical doctor. Um, But I thought I don't sing classical music anymore. So was that a waste? And I was kind of upset with myself. Like, golly, why did I do that? But Mm -hmm. no, I realize now that has given me stamina. So I'm good. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm grateful for the training. That's amazing. I, you know, I, you, if you, if you saw my video on vocal health and, and I lost my voice uh, pretty dramatically in 2019 mm-hmm. and I was still performing. And I, when you talk about technique, I thought I had technique but I was still struggling because I was relying on that church training I had to sing this musical theater stuff, right? Yeah. And that's not what I've been trained to do. And I think what really was my saving grace was the voice teacher I talk about in that video, uh, Susan Icorn Young, if I hadn't linked up with her. Whose husband was the original three most? Yes, yes. Yeah. He's um, incredible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't want I don't mean to interrupt, but mm-hmm. listen to him if you haven't already. Listen to him sing a song called Twisted. Okay. Okay. When you get a chance. Or okay. your audience, any of your viewers, listen to Thomas Young sing Twisted. We got it. Okay, I will definitely do that. Okay. I can tell by your smile that it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I she saved me because I was at the point where I wasn't even sure if I could uh, do an audition that required long passages of speech. That's that's wow. where I was, and she 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 saved me. But so um, she teaches like um, Broadway singers and classical singers. She or- does. She does. She does. She's great for that. And uh, she teaches in a way that helps you understand your voice, like you said, so that you can sing anything, that you're treating your voice like your voice, not like your classical voice, your church voice, your belt voice, your jazz voice. No, it's all your voice. Mm, Wow. 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 Thank goodness for good voice teachers who know what they're doing, because I don't I don't trust a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, a lot of people ask, well, who do you study with? Uh, (laughs) Like. It's like, oh, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, like, you just, I don't, especially in New York City, there are a lot of people who charge a lot of money. Yes. um, Because, you know, they can say they're a New York teacher. And there's a lot of people, honestly, in a lot of these um, programs at school, in these universities. Yes. Who just, you know, maybe they wanted to be performers and and couldn't cut it. So they're like, okay, I'm going to be a teacher. It takes a special gift to be a teacher. It Mm -hmm. really does. You really have to understand pedagogy for real uh, to be able to do it. So everybody can't do it. And I just, I just don't trust a lot of people with uh, taking, taking this over and doing what they want to with it. Like they really have, I really have to trust them to be able to hand that over. So for you to have found somebody like Susan, you know, that's wonderful. 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm so grateful to her. I feel like when you talk about trust people, it's like I don't trust people with my hair and I don't trust people with my voice. I, <laughs> I am the same. I am the same. Oh my gosh. I got you. I see you. I see you. Oh my gosh. So you have done all the training. You moved to New York. You made your Carnegie Hall debut. And now like the ball is rolling. Eyes are on you. You are ready to do this Broadway thing. D- did you did you do Porgy and Bess shortly after that Carnegie Hall debut or did you have to like hit the pavement a little bit? I, I hit the pavement. I hit the pavement um, for a few years and was doing, you know, little random stuff here and there. In the meantime, I was working with a company called uh, Opera Noir of New York. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. so I would, you know, sing programs here and there or travel with them, which was good. Um, and then I also, uh, interim, was singing with uh, a group called the American Spiritual Ensemble. Mm-hmm. And um, the, my voice teacher at University of Kentucky is the director of that. So we would travel. We do a Black History Month tour. And we would go to Spain in the summer or Ecuador. And so we were traveling. So I, I wasn't like twiddling my thumbs. Um, but I was I would do auditions. In the meantime, I had done a film, Tyler Perry's film for Color Girls. So I was able to kind of do that. Amazing. And, and I didn't know that. that was, ooh, I didn't. I missed that in my research. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My good friend Karen Slack, um, who's just like a sister to me. I've known her for a long time and met her at uh, Chautauqua so many, many years ago. And um, she's just an incredible singer. And um, she it was really her gig. And she invited me to audition because they needed someone else. And I booked it with, again, classical training because we play opera singers in the film. That's right. I'm seeing it now. I'm yeah. seeing it now. Oh my gosh. Maybe yeah. that's why your face looks so familiar to me. Oh, maybe so. I oh my know. gosh. I'm putting Probably. it all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was a scene with Janet Jackson. And um, I-, I could tell a quick funny story about that if you have like 30 seconds. Oh, yes. Um, so, <laughs> so we, again, were like the, the, there were three of us and we were the opera singers for the, um, the scene where Janet Jackson comes to the theater with her husband, Omari Hardwick. And so anyway, it was just us and we had been doing our thing all day long. And um, we were all about to walk through the, like the Passover backstage at the theater. And somebody, there were like uh, PAs there or whatever. And they pushed, they like put their hand out and they weren't going to let, let us walk through this door. And they, we had been treated so nicely up until this point, even Tyler Perry, walked on stage and he told all the extras all the crew and everybody he said i just want you guys to know that you all are only here today for these three women on this stage we were like oh for real okay we like that we like that like we have been treated so awesome and then all of a sudden we were trying to walk through this door and this and the pa was like no you need to wait and we were like oh okay and so they they had let this lady walk through she had on like a white house coat and some little house shoes. She walked through, she sauntered through with like um, security guards, whatever. And then when she went through, I was like, who is, who is Oh, that's Janet, that's Janet. Yeah, we gonna let Janet go through. We gonna sit back here and we're gonna throw roses on the ground for her. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Rhythm Nation herself, okay? Miss Miss Pleasure Principal, honey. She can walk (laughs) right on through. (laughs) But yes, I was, I was in that film and that was a lot of fun. Um, But so then uh, what happened was, what had happened was um, (laughs) in 
gosh, it must have been like 2010, 11, 2011, uh, early 2011, there was this uh, Porgy and Bess on Broadway audition that everybody was talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, we were we weren't known. I wasn't known in the Broadway world at, at all. Um, but all me and my husband and, and every classical black classical singer that we knew, we went in, you know, to audition. Absolutely. When and a black show comes on the scene, everybody's there. Everybody was there. Everybody was there. Yeah. And so I had just had a baby. My daughter was like two weeks old. Oh my gosh. And I was, and I had this crazy pregnancy and I, you know, had a C-section. I couldn't even walk. Uh, I was rough. (laughs) Um, But anyway, we came in and we say, I think, I think somebody was like holding my, holding my daughter or something uh, while I sang. Um, And then I never heard from them. Oh my gosh. Because that's how it goes. I didn't even get a call back. That's the one thing in the classical world I do appreciate is that you do get a letter. Yes. And then in theater, there's nothing. You know, it takes some getting used to. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta just gotta just let it go. Yeah. Let it go. I actually was watching um, one of those CSA videos the other day and um, uh, one of the casting directors said, uh, I think Mr. Kassara said, he always tells his actors that you're allowed to stay in your head about an audition um, from the time you leave the audition until you get on the subway. And then once you're on the subway, you got to let it go. You got to let it so go. I, I like I to treat myself. I like to go, like, go grab a latte or like a, 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 a nice little doughy treat from somewhere. Sorry, yeah. I know that's not alkaline, but like I... Felt. A yeah, spelt, a spelt, uh, spelt doughy tree. <laughs> I made spelt donuts this morning, actually, and they were very doughy and very good. Um, but yeah, I didn't get a call back. Uh, my husband got a call back, and I was like, okay, well, you know, within our family, it's like when when one of us has good news, then we all have you know good news. So I was really really happy for him, and he was in there with many of our friends in that callback, many of our you know uh, opera friends. But I didn't get a call back, and um, and then he booked it. He booked the workshop. He booked the workshop. So that was like super, super exciting. Mm-hmm. I was really happy for him. And uh, and then it just so happened that they needed to replace two people. They needed to replace two people. And we had to come back and audition again. Mm-hmm. And the music supervisor said, I don't even, I don't remember. I don't remember you auditioning the first time. He said, I think I was asleep. He said, I think I fell asleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I auditioned. I auditioned. Um, but anyway, so I ended up uh, booking the, we were going to, um, did our run in Boston at Cambridge mm-hmm. at ART. And so um, I was able to do that gig with with my husband, which was just so, so fun. We had a really, really good time. And then we all waited on pins and needles to see if they were going to ask us, you know, to go to Broadway. And they did. And yes. that just, it changed my life forever. I'm still grateful. And I still think about that time in my life as one of the most special eras ever. Because I just, I, I haven't had an experience like that since. I mean, it was just, I mean, what can you say? It was with, it was with Audrey McDonald and, and Norm Lewis. Yeah. Black and David excellence. Like, yeah, on, you can't, on you the can't ultimate level. 
you know, yeah. just yeah. how you say around the classical world, if, you know, if you haven't sung the Met, then you haven't arrived. It's really in theater, musical theater and theater. It seems like, well, if you haven't performed on the Broadway stage, you know, then you, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. those are your, that's your clout, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I was glad I could check that, you know, off yeah. the list. What was it <laughs> like? Working, what was it like? To working with, with Norm Lewis and Audra McDonald and on that level, I'm, um, yeah. Masterclass. It was a masterclass <laughs> every day. Wow. It was a masterclass. Yeah. I mean, I, I took notes. I was like, this woman is out of control. There is a reason why she has every Tony that's on her mantle. Mm. There's a reason why. And uh, she's, she's magical. She really is. She's magical and she works so hard. Her work ethic is just like, it's incredible. All, all, all of them are like that though. I mean, you know, we had a joke, a running joke the whole time with David Allen, David Allen Greer. You know, he was always like full out all the time, full out, full out. Like he never marked in rehearsals. He was always like just putting everything he had out there every single day. He was very, very consistent. Mm. Um, and in, in terms of like Audra, I've, I've told this story before. So if any of your viewers have heard me in an interview before say it, I'm sorry, I repeat it, but it was a very special moment for me in that um, I, I sang Strawberry Woman and there's a point in the show before I do my part where I'm off stage, just kind of waiting to go on. And Audra's character, Bess, is coming back from Kittawa where she's just been, you know, brutally, uh, beaten and and harassed and uh, really raped, you know, in so many words. Um, but I saw her come through the uh, the Passover from stage right to stage left. I was on stage left, and I was the only person in the entire show, uh, including the crew and the actors, who could see her because everybody was either on stage in the dressing room or you know, in their prospective places where they're supposed to be. But I was about to go on, so I got to watch her get mentally ready for the scene that she was about to do. That prayer scene or the- And when I when she comes back from Kittawa and she's like, oh, like all crazy and screaming mm-hmm. and hollering and she can't you know, keep it together and she just kind of like falls into the arms of everybody. And it was like, she was like crippling herself she was crippling herself and she became like, you know, decrepit and, um, and just so I I don't even have the words for it, but I just saw her like deform herself. And, and it wasn't for anybody else to see. It was, I still to this day don't know if she knew that I saw her. Um, but I watched her like a hawk. (laughs) (laughs) I watched her like a hawk. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's doing this. You know, she's not waiting until like two seconds before she goes out to do her thing. You know, the audience, they never know. They never know how you prepare. Yeah. But to see her do that and to see her, you know, we saw her, she had um, splinters, like a splinter like that in her foot because of the, the wood paneling on this stage. It was in her foot and she did the whole show like that. Nobody knew, but she put it in her character. Mm. she put the pain of that going through her bare foot a piece of wood in her bare foot she just threw it into her character but that's who she is that's who she is adrian oh my gosh it's magic 
Wow. It's magic. Yeah, she's she's wonderful. And Norm, I mean, you know, he is nice to look at. He is he's beautiful. Yes. He is he's beautiful, but like his soul is beautiful. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's why he looks like that. Because the inside of him Mm. is just so kind and so loving and so warm and and friendly and that's why his voice is so beautiful i i i really believe that people people sing like who they are mm. you know what i mean like yeah the, the inside spirit. of you, yeah it comes it comes right out you know you have people who like have these brassy edgy voices that are exciting like that's probably kind of like what kind of like personality they are and some people have these like pure you know sweet voices Adrian and I hope that you have enjoyed listening to the show thus far. If you'd like to hear the full interview and get access to the curtain call, head on over to 32barcut.com, where you can find a link to our Patreon page. There you will have exclusive access to the entire video collection and private RSS podcast feed, as well as other subscriber-only content. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.